Welcome back to another episode of Silky Science with me, Aaron Segerman, and the silky one himself, Eric Hart. And we're back. Again. Again. <laughs> we're back again. And today we're talking about pumps. Are they real? Or are they all in your head? Right? Yeah, because the nature of training it produces a pump, right? Right, right. You know, sure. it's all about... It's all about blood flow. Right. Arnold said, there's nothing better than a pump. It's right. like coming. Yeah, <laughs> so, like coming in a girl. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, so that's always leads to, you know, there are pump products. We sell pump products. And, sure. you know, there's pump ingredients and pre-workouts. So are they really beneficial or is it just a byproduct of training itself? So, And also, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's like something that you perceive. So, um, you know, if I go train, go downstairs right now, and I'm only, uh, you've eaten zero times, but I've eaten once today and it's 2.30. If I go down there and hit a few sets of bicep curls, I'm going to get a pump. Yeah, and I, you can see it. And I can see it. And then if I were to take a product and do the exact same thing, it's a perception like, am I more pumped or am I the same pumped, right? So it's like a, it's like a do you see it or don't you see it, right? Yeah, that, that's always for me is like a pump is, you're going to get a pump from training. Right. Because it's all about. Right. So do these products actually intensify it? And, then, and some do and some don't. Yeah, no, and that's you know, part of you need to get a pump from training in order to recruit satellite cells and cause the, you know, micro trauma to the, to the actual muscle tissue, expand the fascia around the muscle fibers. So, yeah, I mean, a pump's one of the most important things you could get from training. So it's like, do you think, you know, one of the, this is going off the, the subject that, you know, one of the nature of my life. Yeah. <laughs> off the subject. <laughs> off the subject. So, uh, you know, when, when, uh, when you train, you know, like if you are, one of the things they say is like, you know, obviously if, and we don't know this actually a hundred percent early either, but soreness is not a, a, uh, a judgment on based on how much muscle you're building or, you know, I mean, I guess you don't really, we don't really know a hundred percent, how much it has to do with it, right? What? Actual soreness oh, for no. building muscle. No, I mean, because DOMS, delayed onset muscle soreness is, there's sometimes you might have a crazy workout. You're not that sore from it. Sure. It probably just means your body's more efficient at getting rid of the lactic acid. The repair process has started. So, yeah, I don't think it's a good indicator of. And, but then on the flip side, pump is the same way, kind of, because you could have an awesome pump. I can do a extremely light, very high-volume pump workout, and you can't tell me because the, the workout is better in terms of a pump that would be better than, you know, an actual intense, you know, heavy workout going to failure and stuff. Yeah, true. Because you, you take like, really a, yeah, like, a, like a power building workout where it's more right. you're doing your basic three lifts and your rep range is maybe never over like six. I mean, hell, there's some times you might go four or five reps. You're not get much of a pump, but right. guarantee you probably stimulated growth. But people love the pump, and that's why the products are um, – are so popular and, and also people want to take a pre-workout that's like our our big noise people want to take a pre-workout um sometimes when they don't want to have a stimulated kind of effect if they're going to bed early or they're got something that they, they want to do that they don't want to be stemmed up for yeah like training after work yeah you know well, almost all of us train after work and yeah you know, do you want to be stemmed up where you can't go to sleep and then your whole next day is affected um plus also too i think you know there's some people that they don't want the stim because there's always that stigma of like, oh, stimulants minimize the pump. Right. Which eh, depends on the stimulant. Yeah. So, yeah, that was uh, so back in the day when I worked for Dave Palumbo, one of his big things why I didn't have a stim pre workout is because you'd always say that it's a vasoconstrictor. You want a vasodilator. So he didn't suggest caffeine or anything pre workout because he was concerned that it would um, restrict the blood flow. 
which obviously he uh, he changed his mind on because he has them pre-workout now. Yeah, no things like probably DMA yeah. or you know DMHA. Those those products probably do constrict blood flow, but caffeine actually then showed it was in vivo to actually cause vaso um, dilation. Hmm. So it's not as constricting as they thought it was. Yeah, you know, um, I think that from my always opinion, we talked about this on the pre-workout show. My opinion is that if you're tired and you're not into it. Uh, even if there's a little bit of constricting, right? The fact that you killed it and had an awesome workout versus a terrible workout, uh, sometimes it's justified. No yeah, matter what. I think it's back to just the beginning of what we're talking about. Listen, training, you're going to get a pump. You're going to be pushing blood through the tissue. So to your point, a little bit of, a little bit of caffeine or stimulant to get you going and have a great workout, the training alone is going to overcome the the vasoconstriction, so I don't think it's that big of a deal. <laughs> right. And uh, the pump, pump products really haven't been around a tremendously long time. I mean, it's not something that has been around. Like back when we talked about Ultimate Orange, which is, uh, um, I guess that wasn't even, that was like a stem powder, but the first real pre-workout, like even when BSN came out with uh, the first pre-workout. Um, and it'll explode. And it'll explode, yes, and it'll explode. Uh, there was no pump at that time. Well, so... The first pump products I can remember, when I worked for Powerhouse, I used to order in the products. I remember the rep coming around that delivered to the gyms had uh, MRIs NO2. Yeah. That was like the first like pump product. Because before that... Weren't those tablets? Yeah. That was a pill. Yeah, it was a pill. Uh, Because before that, like my old training partner and I would drink glycerol, like the liquid glycerol before we trained. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that was... Like that's what people would do for a pump is take in glycerol. Yeah, um, you take a lot of glycerol too. Oh god, like ten grams, I think. I yeah, you would have to take ten grams of it and that later make you shit. But yeah. it was you know it was a liquid and you chase yeah. it with water. And I mean, you, it was you, like syrup. Yeah, like syrup. but you get a hell of a pump from it. And then after NO two, uh, BSN came out with the nitrix tablets. There were that coated yeah, tablet, the big yeah. horse pills. There's a lot. You'd have to take a bunch of them too. If you were like our body weight, you had to do like twelve a day. Yeah. Four, three times a day. That's just a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, They're big. They're like one gram pills. Yeah. And then NO Explode had arginine in it. So you got that pump in the pre-workout. And then that kind of super pump. I mean, like take a pre-workout, like super pump 250. All, you know, that was pump-based. Right. And so, yeah, then that, that really in 04, when NO Explode came out, I think that's when you started having like more of a proliferation of pump products. Yeah. You know, things for... To give you that blood flow, and now uh, every, basically every company that has a pre-workout also has a pump product, pretty much. Yeah, because then I don't know shit what point that was that there really was this kind of push towards hey people who just wanted a pump, right? Didn't want really the stems, but just a pump. That's probably more probably post Jack even. Yeah, I'd say because that's when products like Hemoval came out. Yep. And, um, that was yeah, it was after Jacked, right? Yeah, that was after Jacked. Yeah, yeah. and that was popular for a while. I mean, I don't think that um, that um, they're making that anymore. Are they making that? Every once in a while, I see it. I feel like we saw it at Vis- Vitamin Discount Nutrition. I feel like I saw some of them. Maybe yeah, I mean, so Jared owns the company, so I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah. Do you remember Chad Nichols' product? What was the, it called? Uh, oh. I don't remember Chad Nichols' product. You have to remind me of the name. That was even back during, like, NL Explode time. I can't remember if it was a liquid. That you, it, it was it was purely just for cellular volumization and pump. Hmm. Cannot remember the name of it now. I can even remember the ads. They were like green and black. I'll definitely ask him. That's nice. Yeah, ask him what his his cell volumizer was. I wonder what happened. To what uh, I'd like to hear his story of what the, what happened with the company. You know, because it 
obviously it didn't, you know, like that was a great time to get into it and it obviously didn't work. I wonder what, uh, that was his main, there's only really only, I can remember him having that one product. I can't even remember the name of it, but he had ads and magazines. Yeah. Oh, so I mean, has to be generating some revenue to do that. You have to ask him next time we talk to Chad. I definitely will. I definitely will. But yeah, I mean, those are really like the, the first like pump pump products. And then like you say, now we just, they're everywhere. I mean, hell we got big noise back with, Iron Addicts, we had Sleeve Buster, yep. which is still favorite product of people. Yep. So I figured David kind of just talk about the ingredients because there's a lot of pump ingredients. There's good ones. There's not so good ones. There's been some great ingredients that have now actually turned to drugs. Mm-hmm. So they're not available for pump products anymore. So I figured it would be a good, good today because I would always get asked from people, like, why this ingredient? Why that ingredient? Sure. Um, you know, or can you put this together? Sometimes, you know, there's patents that keep you from adding this ingredient to that ingredient. So, yeah, I figure we jump into it today. All right. So, let's start at the top. What do you think is the uh, – let's start with the ingredients that are um, they're everywhere. Like, what's our most popular? Because, it, you know, they have really evolved. Ingredients that are used in pumps have definitely evolved. But what's the most popular thing you see out there right now? Well, most popular, obviously, is citrulline. Yeah. Citrulline malate. Um, you see also the just L-citrulline version a lot as well. You know, like um, Sparta came out with their new version of Kraken, and it's two scoops. is four grams of L-citrulline. Yeah, but again, I think we talked about this before in the pre-workout, is the the research was on malate, yeah. citrulline malate, and that they find that when bonded to the malic acid, it makes it more stable and longer lasting. Right. Because citrulline ends up converting to arginine in the kidneys, and then that increases like plasma levels of arginine. Because mm-hmm. let's go back to arginine. Arginine is what used to always be used for pumps, and arginine, AKG, alpha ketoglutarate, because that supposedly made it more longer, longer lasting. But arginine is very, very short. When it when nitric oxide synthase converts it to nitric oxide, it's literally only seconds in the blood. I think they said somewhere between five and six seconds is all it lasts in the blood. So you have to take like 25, 30 grams of arginine to make it like worthwhile. Right. Um, You know, and then because arginase, which is what breaks down arginine, there's a lot of that in your stomach lining. So arginine just doesn't last very long. So that's why, you know, when you get into citrulline, you definitely want the malic acid version because it's going to last longer. Mm. You're going to get a pump for, you know, a longer time period. Um, that's probably, I mean, honestly, citrulline malate is probably one of your best things for actual pump. That and nitrates. Yeah. Um, you know, because nitrates, so, we, I mean, because well, we'll jump into that. I mean, there's so many different nitrates. There's nitrated versions. Like yeah, there's creatine nitrate. Yeah, every, everything nitrate. Yeah. yeah, and the whole reason you're taking it, though, and aminos, is... Can, any amino can be binded to become a nitrate, right? Yep. So it could be... You can do it with sodium. Yeah. You can do it with... I mean, there's all different ways to do it. Sodium nitrate was, is popular, yeah, or was popular. Yeah, and which is... We'll get into sodium, too, but um, that's probably one of my favorites of the nitrates is the sodium nitrate. But, yeah. um, you know, nitrates are going to equal more nitric oxide because you have... Those are converted to nitrites, and that's what leads to the nitric oxide production. Right. Like, whole body, like, lowers blood pressure. Those are really... It's between nitrates and and we use it from a beetroot. Right. Um, you know, it's because that's naturally occurring in the beetroot. And then citrulline malate are really your best. I mean, proven, they work, there's research on it. Those are really your best ones. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of what's become illegal, that's one that I, I, find, um, I always find that interesting. N carbamyl glutamate. 
NCG. Mm. So there was some research on that ingredient, and it lowered um, ammonia levels in the blood. Because, uh, you know, there's citrulline, ornithine, arginine are all part of the urea cycle, which, you know, lowers ammonia, and that leads to urea production. But um, they did research on pigs, well, on piglets, mm-hmm. and N-carbamoglutamate, NCG, significantly increased arginine levels in the plasma. So when it's in the plasma, not the blood, you get nitric oxide production for a lot longer period of time and growth hormone levels. And so when I was back at BSN, we actually had a product, NCGCR, uh, extended release version of it. I don't know how much of it we had produced. It was like almost to a million dollars or something. Oh, boy. And a European company, in our process of us launching as a supplement, filed for drug status. And it's called Carbamlu. I think that's the actual drug name oh. now. And that was it. The project went dead. Wow. And when you All talk money, huh? Yep. And when you talk about pumps, it was painful. Wow. Like a fuck, like a steroid pump almost. Yeah. Um, which that's a whole other subject. Like, like oh, but kind of pump. But yeah, you know, when, like that painful, skin tightening, hurt. I've never experienced anything like that ever. Wow. And it's unfortunate that 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 ingredient got filed for drug status because nothing like it. So the, the, they actually purchased uh, the raw ingredient for this? And Metric tons of it. Wow. We, we had the tablets produced. Why did you, uh, why did you guys do the, buy the ingredients yourself back then? Like, where were so many, so many ingredients were purchased actually by them um, versus the manufacturer, and then you pay the manufacturer and make it, you know, mix it up or whatever? You know, on that particular one, it, it might have been control. It might have been make sure that then the manufacturer didn't wasn't getting the ingredient and selling it to other people. Mm. Probably was a big part of it, and also it was just rare. Yeah. I mean, you know, then then you saw once that we had bought it, then there was a few people who, and then after it became illegal, started using it. I think there's a couple companies still that you see it, but it's in not the right dose. Really tiny dosages, like hundred milligrams or something. I think you had to take a couple grams of it, but um, that's to date. That's the best thing that I've ever experienced. For of a course, of course it's illegal. Um, but honestly, like th- now, not illegal. One of the best things for a pump is salt. Yeah. You yeah. know, sodium and people probably ask, well, how can we don't put it in the products? Cause people freak out. People don't like it. Yeah. People freak out. A few out grams of sodium in there. People, no one, no one, would uh, touch nobody it. would touch it. But if you, there's a lot of research that shows that the only people who have a problem with hypertension and salt is there's a few there's a small amount of people who just have hypertensive issues to begin with. Sure, and it's not sodium based, but most people with salt. I mean, because salt controls the sodium ion channels that allow fluid in and out of a cell. So the more salt you have, the more fluid you get into the cell. So it's almost similar to like glycerol. Glycerol helps with like hyperhydrating the cell. Um, but yeah, sodium is one of the best things. I mean, you got guys like Stan Efferding that push eight, ten grams of salt a day um, for fluid retention and the pump. But it, it really does work. I mean, you see Rudy, Rudy before he trains, he takes his pre workout and he puts salt in it. Really? Yeah. You ever see him in there yeah. grinding the salt into his pre workout? I think you got uh, Matt Sino doing it too now. Huh. But yeah, I mean, it literally it, it's one of the best pumps you can get. It's funny. So a few ingredients we got on the list that are like. The, it's interesting because some of these ingredients 
like agmatine sulfate and glycerol uh, monosterate are ones that um, that I have used personally that I that work on me and that, that everybody believes work, but the science doesn't really back them up as much. Especially agmatine. Yeah. Um, agmatine sulfate, the, really the mechanism's unknown. Yeah. There's really no research. They think it works on um, the alpha-2 receptor. Mm-hmm. So that, they think that's, that's the mechanism of how it actually works. But again, there's not really been any research done. So that's why we pulled, one of the reasons why we pulled Yohimbi from Total War is because that's a alpha-2 inhibitor. So if you put that in with something that's, you know, activates the alpha-2 receptor, they're going to counter one another. So um, so if anyone ever asked why we took uh, a couple reasons, that's multifaceted why we took alpha-yohimbi out of our total wars because some people just doesn't digest very well. And then two, if you're using agmatine, it counters it. Right. So... But yeah, it's, it's odd. They're, the people don't really know how it works. Yeah, because if you take a gram of it um, pre-workout versus not taking a gram, you can tell a difference. Yeah, you people feel it. all the time, yeah. Um, glycerol is another one that's kind of like, you know, because people originally were saying you need to take a little, very large amount of glycerol to make it actually work. Uh, but, you know, we've experimented with it and, and seen a difference. And uh, Two, three grams two, seems three to grams, work. Right. But I think, too, is, you know, you also had branded, I'm not going to say the name, Branded versions of glycerol yeah. that were selling for a lot of money. Of course, you need to take more of it because yeah. people are making more money on it. Yeah, you notice when some of those ingredients that we're talking about will say sixty-five percent glycerol, right? Right. So what's what does that mean in terms of the purity, or like what's the other thirty-five percent? Uh, well, so like you have glycerol monosterate. So obviously the monosterate is the rest. Yeah, I mean so how much elemental glycerol does it yield? So on that one particular one, yeah, you're just yielding 65% uh, elemental glycerol. And then when you have a branded version of it, uh, is it a higher percentage or is it something totally different? That's probably... Well, there's a few branded glycerols right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're supposed to be close in like the 90s. Yeah. But again, for the cost difference, I just take a little more regular yeah, glycerol. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's significantly. The one thing that, that we've noticed on the manufacturing side is some of the ones that are really that are higher percentage, these branded ones, uh, pull. They're they're uh, hydroscopic. Extremely hydroscopic. So they pull water. And what that means is, um, look, if you've ever gotten a pre-workout um, that's hard like a rock, it means uh, something happened where fluid somehow got into it. Even if it's sealed, it happens where it can pull it if they don't have enough desiccant in it, which is like those little packages you see inside of the pre-workout um, that are really what they're for is for pulling water. A lot of people I've noticed will take them out immediately and throw them away. Yeah, so don't like, do that. Oh, because your shit hardens up. Yeah, that's that's going to uh, screw you. It's um, a whole reason it's in there. Yeah, I, I, I noticed that a lot of people, some of the call center guys were saying, or when they opened up, they said you just throw those out. I'm like, you don't throw them out. No, like just leave them in there the whole time. Leave it in the top. So I can, wonder if that's why some of those ones on the on the kitchen are going hard because they think they're throwing them all out. Oh, you yeah. Open up and you throw them out. I guarantee it is. Yeah. And then, you know, you live in a southern state like us where it's humid. Oh, yeah. You need to, you got to make sure because these guys leave them in their gym bags and yeah. then. Yeah, gym bag where there's sweaty clothes, or you know, even if you, you wouldn't think if it's sealed, they wouldn't get it, but it, it will pull a lot of that water from the from the environment into it. You know. Yeah, and then like uh, some of the the branded glycerols too is um, even like they'll they'll react with like calcium. Yeah. So if the desiccant yeah. has calcium in it, even though the desiccant's meant to pull the moisture out, it reacts with that, or it's how it's blended. If it's not blended in this particular order with 
other it's ingredients. Crazy. Yeah, it's so they're really tough to work with. So yeah, that's why you know a lot of the pump ingredients that have like a branded glycerol typically get rock hard, and that's why we don't use them. What other ingredients should we talk about? Um, you know, like norvaline, L-norvaline. It's a form of valine that, uh, or norvaline, we'll call it. Um, that's one ingredient that it's probably underutilized. It actually helps deactivate that arginine enzyme that mm. breaks down nitric oxide synthase. So it helps with the pump lasting longer. So it's really just one of those underutilized ingredients for a pump. Um, Ruticarpine works pretty good. I think there became some issues, though, with that from a regulatory standpoint. Hmm. So I know, remember, when BSN, we had to pull it at, for a regulatory reason for some. What, what pump ingredients are out there that you see around that, that don't do anything at all? You're like, that's bullshit. Arginine. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's just it's, it doesn't, la- doesn't last very long. Yeah, I mean, that's when I still see supplement companies use arginine in a pump formula. It, it's just taking people's money because it's cheap. But, you know, the sci- it, it works scientifically, but it doesn't last long. So right. it's not really going to do much for you. Right. Um, you know, there's a couple branded ingredients out there that I just don't know if they're really worth the money. There's a couple good ones that are out there, um, like Vaso 6 from Compound Solutions. It's a form of Epicat. So it's, it's a, but it's a branded, you know, it only takes 300 milligrams and you could get a pretty good pump, but it's just, it's cost prohibitive. Right. Um, and I think I don't, so I think that's a good ingredient. It's just, it's, it's Too just much. again, the cost. Right. But you know, that's why in Moab we use just 300 milligrams of Epicat because you do get a pump from it. Right. hundred yeah. percent. I think that's another ingredient that's underutilized by people is the, uh, the Epicatagans. Yep. Cause they really do, you know, and that's green tea. Yeah. So again, mm-hmm. where you wouldn't think you get a pump from a green tea ingredient, but that particular portion of it, you do. Um, other things that don't really work. I don't know. Probably branded stuff we can't talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't need lawsuits. <laughs> uh, no, I don't, I don't want any lawsuits today. But um, other than that, I mean, the thing is just, too, is like, you know, with, with pumps, if people aren't taking in enough, so I guess that's one thing to talk about, too. If someone's on a low-carb diet and they're not taking in a lot of carbohydrate where you naturally get more fullness in a pump, you probably are going to have to use some kind of pre-workout or a pump product, you know, because you may be feeling flat when you go into the gym. There's no real volume to the cell um because again you're not taking in carbs carbs hold water you know so you feel more full you get more of a pump so you you probably would if you're someone that's on a lower carbohydrate diet you'd benefit from a pump product more mm-hmm. i think you probably feel it more i know for me personally i put my uh big noise in my total war and i do them together uh that way you get kind of the best of both worlds yeah and i mean we get asked that question all the time well how come you didn't put them all in one well because you'd have a product that'd be really expensive and yeah is, we thought about it yeah, I mean, we remember we had a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> we really did. We even had a conversation about doubling the amount of citrulline in Total War. Yeah. It's just, it becomes how big is that scoop? How much is someone really willing to take? And how much is someone really willing to pay? Right. Because um, you can make the most kick ass formula in the world, but if you go over a certain price threshold, nobody's buying it. Yeah. There's so, very, very few people are interested in buying a $70 pre workout. Yeah. So we left it where it's flexible, where you could use one or the other, use them both, and you get a great workout either way. But. Yeah, you leave the kind of the decision in people's hands of how to use them. Right. So, um, you know, we've been asked to, would we ever consider reformulating big noise? I think so, you know. As time goes by and new, new stuff come out. Yeah, you know, that's something we've, in the background, been working on. But, yeah, I mean, we, we've considered it. Well, Eric, 
I think that's it for pumps. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, a whole lot more you can talk about. <laughs> but it's just, we, I get asked a lot of questions on a regular basis about it. So it's just, I figured it's a quick one. At least we address it and tie yep. that one off. Guys, we need suggestions. So hit us up at silky at redcon1.com with your topic suggestions. I guarantee you, if they're any good, we'll take them. So that's it for today's show of Silky Science. We'll see you back next week. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.